You are listening to Maven Realty Presents, the Charleston Real Estate Investors Podcast. I'm Troy Gandy, the broker in charge of Maven Realty, and with me, as always, is Dan Rivers, your eco-friendly realtor. That's me. This is a bi-monthly podcast dedicated to all things real estate and real estate investing in the Charleston area. Our brokerage is devoted to helping our clients buy or sell residential, commercial, and investment real estate in the Lowcountry. If you need anything, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. You can find us online at mavenrealtysc.com, Facebook, or Instagram. Thanks for tuning in. Enjoy the show. Uh, thanks again for tuning in, guys. This is uh, episode number 10, I think. Is that right? Um, yeah, I'm Troy Gandy. I'm the broker in charge of Maven Realty. And as always, got Dan Rivers here with me, the eco-friendly realtor. Um, this one's going to be a little different today. It's just going to be the two of us. We just have some updates on things we wanted to talk about. Uh, a lot of changes that we've had here recently, which are pretty exciting. Um, hopefully the audio quality is going to be much better because we have changed offices. Um, so we're doing it in a slightly less chaotic environment than at my house with my dogs getting out and, you know, window unit running and all that stuff. So <laughs> I'm excited about it. Um, I think our next guest, just to keep y'all on board, will be Danny Randazzo. We'll talk about syndicating. Um, we've been trying to get him in for a little bit, but what we're trying to do kind of logistically is space out like our really big guests that have um, a bigger sort of presence with the investing space. And I also really like to get in our smaller investors and our kind of niche vendors and product um, you know, service providers and stuff in there too just to kind of keep it level set um, because people listening are going to have all types of different experience levels. So trying to keep it um, a little more equitable for everybody and keep the content more relevant across the board. Mm -hmm. So I think we're doing a pretty good job of that. Um, but we'll start today with uh, a couple of featured listings. I think, Dan, you've got a bunch of them, man. So let's, let's hear what you got. I got a few going on. We have actually later on today, it'll be going live 104 English in uh, Somerville. That's a three bed, one bath, about 1,300 square feet. This one is nicely renovated. Um, the hardwood floorings, the um, granite countertops, stainless steel appliances. It's, it's a nice, cute little home. It's in Flower Town, a community right near the high school. Um, and that's gonna be at just under 165. So it's a great price. I think that should move pretty quick. Yeah. And then I have a couple others coming up in Ladson. One will be a four two, one's a three two. Um, anywhere between like a thousand and twelve hundred square feet, and those will be between one hundred and seventy and one hundred eighty-five thousand. Those are probably about two weeks out. Okay. Uh, and then, um, but if you're looking for something in that range, please get a hold of me because once they're ready to see, I'm happy to show them before we go live. And then the one on Clovewood four 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 Clovewood, that one has been a, a four one because bottom line is it was under contract once we made it a four one. It was a three one. And we're actually have that temporary off the market. We're adding a second bathroom to nice. that to make it a four two because it's going to be more feasible for people. It's a beautiful home, nice backyard. That's going to be going back on the market for around one seventy nine once we add that other bathroom. Yeah. So we'll have two full bathrooms there. And lastly, I think this hopefully may be going under contract today, but we have uh, three three forty eight Anita Drive in Goose Creek. That one has a new roof, new HVAC, new electrical panel. It does need some updating on the inside um that one's was 118 and uh, like i said hopefully we'll get that one under under contract today and then the last item i have i do have an off-market duplex in west ashley one side's a three one the other side's a two one just under two thousand total square feet 
if you live there, and this is part of West Ashley, it's between Avondale and 526, mm-hmm. right off the Greenway. It's on that side of the road. If you live there, you can Airbnb. One of the units live in the other one. And I do know further down towards 526, there's someone who Airbnbs a 1-1 and made about 23000 last year on that uh, the gross gross profit on that um, on that one one so this is a two bed one bath that you can Airbnb so I imagine you can at least get that 25 maybe yeah. even up to 30 range somewhere in there and that vicinity is depending, depending on how you market it and how it's um, fixed up but that's that's a pretty good value that's just over, a little over 300,000 for that one that's awesome you got a lot going on man and um, that 348 Anita that's the one that's almost under contract yes. the one you've been okay yeah. um, We've got those quite are, a few offers on it. Yeah. yeah, those are all really good prices. And that that duplex in West Ashley is really interesting. That's a good deal for a house hacker. That would be awesome. Um, I'm gonna have to do a 1031 soon. So if that's still around, I might even look at that one. Um, I've got a couple listings. Not as many as Dan's got going on right now. He's crushing it. But I've got two in West Ashley that are coming up. They're not quite ready, but they should be soon. Um, one is a three two. Um, on Ridgewood, um, kind of out off like the 61 area, sort of. It's got a pool, which is really interesting. There's very few in that area that have pools. It's an older brick ranch. I helped them buy it like three years ago, um, and they have to move to Atlanta now, so they're going to sell it. They've updated it quite a bit. That one's probably going to be $250. Um, I think it's a really good price for it, considering it has the pool. It also has like a little pool house thing. It's not, you can really put like a guest house in it, but it's got a shower and laundry and stuff like that in there. It's pretty cool. Nice. And a huge porch out back. And it's one of the coolest oak trees I've ever seen out front. It like arches across the whole entire house and then comes down to the ground. It's really pretty. Um, and then the other one I have in West Ashley is one of mine. It's a hotel I just bought. And it is off a of playground road. It's on Falkirk, um, 3-2, renovated like two years ago. So it doesn't really need anything. I got to do some drywall repairs to it um, in the garage, and then I'm probably going to paint the brick. So I'd like, if I could sell it now for like 250 I would, but um, once I do those other things, I'll probably sell it for like $260. Um, but that's a good price for that one too. I'm just going to turn and burn and get rid of that one. And then the last thing, I think I've mentioned to a few people in here before, there's a short-term um, extended stay motel that I have a lead on. Um, listing agent called me about it. It's 44 units and I think uh, currently gross is like 400,000, 450, something like that. Um, and they're gonna be listing that to sell for 3 million. So they're giving me a chance to circulate it and try to bring them a buyer. Uh, some of them are really under rented. So if you bump them up to the market weekly rents, I think it would gross like 600 to 650,000. So it's it's a cash cow, but because it's a motel, there's a lot more expenses. So you've got to have like some kind of management on site and the utilities are included, but it's still going to be like one and a half percent rule probably on it. Um, so I think that thing is a cash cow. I finally got some books on it last night and again, it's a cash cow, but it's cash. So the mm-hmm. books are a little tough to decipher, but, um, I think somebody would be really wise to buy it. And it's in it's off Yemen's Hall too. So the city of Hanahan is just really putting a ton of money into um, improving that whole area. So trying to get some buyers on it. Finally got the reports out to a couple people last night. So we'll see um, if we can get a buyer on it. But I'd buy that thing myself in a heartbeat if I could. I just don't have the cash. Well, I think there's a lot of opportunities there too. Like right now, that area is, I just sold a home a few months ago out mm-hmm. there. I mean, the values are increasing quick. And 
I think the potential of keeping it, the cash cow, and the way it operates now is great. And then in the future, as that area continues to improve, it may be able to uh, kind of adapt into something yeah. else. That's another um, another money maker. So that's a lot of potential there. Yeah, you could put long term tenants in there if you wanted to. I don't think that's the best use of this property because motels are weird. Like I wasn't really familiar with some of the insurance issues that you're going to have with a motel, but like you are, you should have fire suppression. So you should have like a sprinkler in every room, stuff mm -hmm. like that. Um, but the nice thing about these is you don't have to deal with evictions. You just tell somebody, you know, you're out on Friday, you know, they're, they're on a weekly basis. So um, that's the highest and best use is to keep running it as a motel. Um, but, you know, the way that remount is improving right now, I think at some point you could, if you wanted to, put in longer term tenants to make it a little easier. But you're just going to do so much better if you do the, the weekly thing. Um, and there are organizations around here, whether people are just getting out of prison or um, yeah. are homeless veterans, that, that you may be able to come up with some agreements with them to put them in the uh, weekly stays until they can get on their feet. So yeah. there's, there's a lot of opportunity there to kind of help people in need with something like this. I, I just think it's a, and you can also make money at the same time. Mm -hmm. I think at the end of the day, you gotta, it's gotta be profitable. Yeah. But, but it almost can't be profitable. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Like it's, it's almost foolproof. As long as you have somebody there that'll manage it, that you can trust. That's going to be a big issue is how much cash there is. Yep. So a lot of people just pay flat out cash for the week or they pay with money orders. So you just got to make sure that you're accounting for all that cash um, and keeping the books right. But I was telling Ashley, like, we we both kind of glanced at the books last night. Ashley Price, the property manager that we're friends with to do a lot of business with. Um, you know, a lot of investors, when they're reviewing these commercial properties, they give these owners a really hard time. On their books because they write off so much and they don't include a lot of stuff which you shouldn't do you obviously for best practices to be as transparent as possible it's easy to say that when you don't own something like this but the, you know as soon as you start getting like fifty thousand dollar tax bills and stuff like that it that's when you see people start to cook their books a little bit more and i don't think that they would prefer to do that but sometimes they do. So when you're looking at these commercial properties as an investor, you just kind of have to keep an open mind for them. You know, I mean, it's either you're looking at a pro forma, which is fine. Um, you're gonna wanna pitch it as a pro forma anyways to your lender. But the other thing to do is just like kind of consider the fact that these owners are telling you a story <laughs> a little bit with their books and you have to kind of try to look through some of the expenses and things like that. That'll just help you underwrite. I mean, there's fantastic deals I see all the time that people just overlook entirely because the books aren't perfect. It's like, well, they're, they're not going to be, they're rarely going to be perfect. So just try to keep an open mind to that. Well, that's why it's important to do your own due diligence and see how the area around it operates and what the potential is. Yeah. Um, because if you could see that, you know, there is a need for weekly rentals, mm -hmm. and even if the books aren't, aren't the greatest, but you know that there's a high demand there, you know what you're going to be bringing in, right. and you can go based on that information. Yeah, um, and it's the most important thing with that stuff is getting, like, this particular report, we got copies of tons of utility bills. That's fantastic. We got the actual invoices for the insurance. We know the tax bills. So all the biggest expenses we know, and you'll get all that in your due diligence. So... You just have to look through all that fog until you can get to your due diligence period and then put it together from there with your own, you know, findings, whatever you can find that's super accurate. And then you've got to look through the, the CapEx expenses and things like that, because a lot of the time those are used to the advantage of the owner.
Mm-hmm. So there, there's tons of stuff um, that you just have to be able to see through. So, But I would also just advise people on that one as well. If you're going to buy that car, your due diligence should be talking to your insurer to make sure there's mm-hmm. no requirements that they're going to make you up. Because as you mentioned, the fire mm-hmm. suppressing systems, sometimes an insurer may say, hey, coming down the line, you need to update these you know, units here or we're going to cancel your policy. You're going to mm-hmm. have to go to something like through Lloyd's of London or some, some party like that. But um, so that's a good way. And also permitting and making sure your business license, you know, that's going to be secure. So you're not buying something that maybe for some reason, some sort of expiration over the next 12 or 24 months. So just a little tip on extra due diligence. You want to make sure that you can continue to operate it the way it's operating and that there's no hidden expenses that yeah. you're not ready for. Totally. And mm-hmm. always run your, t- especially with this commercial stuff, run your taxes worst case scenario, like run them full purchase price at the highest millage that you can find, always do it on the county's website. So yeah. Dorchester, Berkeley, Charleston, wherever. Um, and, and just prepare for that because that happens a lot. Now you can get that ATI exemption, which is that 25% reduction in the um, taxable value. But there's a lot of red tape with that. Um, Mike Goldberg just had an issue with his recently, but legally it's in South Carolina taxation and real estate laws that you sh- you're able to be um, granted that 25% reduction in value, but you've got to meet certain criteria. So at the closing, talk to the attorney um, or even talk to him ahead of time and talk to your accountant. Um, I can guide you on that a little bit, but there's some very specific stuff that you have to do. You're going to want your attorney to give you a little bit of um, sort of direction with those. So they, they do it. It's weird. They do it either... They either keep the value at the previous assessed value or the new value, but at a lower, a 25% lower rate, whichever of the two is higher because they want as much as they can get. Um, So you, there's also a lot of dates you got to meet. That's the hardest thing is meeting the correct dates. And you can do it. If you miss the date for, let's say 2019, you can file it for 2020. Um, but you just have to make sure that you get that stuff in on time. Do they go retro like a year or two? They won't go back. So yeah, so you just lose that year. Okay. I thought that they might. This is a fairly new law too. This is from like 2011 and not a lot of people know a lot about it. Mm -hmm. And you can call your assessor's office and try to talk to them about it, but they're, they don't really want everybody to be doing this, um, because they need as much tax revenue as possible. This is the other thing that's weird too. Since this is a shorter episode, I don't want to ramble a little bit. But um, <clears throat> in South Carolina, our education funding all comes from 6% properties. That's a big reason why our taxes are so low as owner-occupants. The, reason, the, the primary reason that you get that 4% rate on your primary is because none of your taxes go, or very little of your taxes go towards education. So these counties want to assess the commercial properties or the non-owner-occupied properties as high as they can in order to fund education. Um, especially right now, Charleston County's got some pretty bad report cards <clears throat> on their schools. Like North Charleston, I think it was like 10 out of the 14 schools in North Charleston had a had an F oh. last year. Mm-hmm. So I know Charleston County, especially in the North Charleston area, they're trying to assess as high as possible right now. So when you talk to these assessors, if they're a little staunch, that's, that's why, because they're trying to generate as much tax revenue as possible. So um, no, you can do that, but you have to meet certain criteria. I'd say to Google it, look it up, talk to your attorney, talk to your accountant. Um, I can make you aware of it, but I've not done any of these myself. So it's really similar to your 4% where you have to fill this stuff out, you send it off. They don't really even tell you if it's approved or not. So it's kind of gray. You know, it's one of those things, it's a little, little funky. Um, so anyways, that's, that's the high horse 
for today. Um, but Dan, you got some market updates. You want to go through uh, what's happening in the area? Yeah, we'll go through a quick market update. And this is all based on October numbers being finished up for the year, um, for the month. Uh, so the median sales price for 2009, October 2019 was a little over 272000 Last year, same month, was two fifty nine. So that median sales price is still creeping up. I think I mentioned this either in my newsletter or one of the other broadcasts. I, I believe United States nationwide is a little over, it's like 305 or 315 yeah. for the median sale price. So Charleston is getting close to that you know, nationwide median sale price. Average days on market, it's just a few more days, 32 as opposed to 29 last year, the same month. Um, and then other updates, believe it or not, it's, it's, it's funny to see this, but as of the end of October, there were 44 more sold homes in 2018. That's a pretty close. Cool. Oh. So it's pretty much a mirror image to 2018 where our sales are, but your median sale price has increased. Yeah. And of course, we're in the holidays. The market slows down a little bit, but I've still seen a lot of action on um, a couple of the listings that I have currently. Um, still buyers out there looking to buy. Obviously, like I said, it does slow down slightly, but there's no real sign saying that come the new year, we're not going to have another good spring. I know the feds, if I'm not mistaken, I thought you just cut the rate another quarter percent yeah, the other day. So, so um, there's the real estate market still strong, especially around the Charleston area. So that's, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, that's really good. And I, I'm the same as you. I've seen. I haven't seen a tremendous lack um, of interest in properties, and I've got a lot of buyer clients right now, which is good. Most of these are investor-ish, you know, so they're kind of buying all year, which is one of the nice things about being a broker and helping investors mm -hmm. is we don't see as big of a lag. Um, but, I, you know, I'm still seeing a lot of activity in the market, which is good. Prices, I don't think we're able to continue to increase like we were. Our list prices aren't seeing the same increases like over you know, month over month like we used to. Um, but there's still a lot of stuff being sold. So I think we're in good, good shape. And I think next year will be just as strong. As long as nothing big happens financially, I think we'll be good shape. And the Fed keeping these rates low is awesome. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're healthy. They're not like cheap necessarily. They are historically, but in the recent past, they're still not dirt cheap. So it's keeping the market, I think, fairly regulated. Um, and even, you know, on the hard money side too, and the private money side, I haven't seen a lot of crazy loans since, you know, the crash. Like there's some weird stuff I'm seeing. I've seen some 100% financing loans. I think I just saw one the other day that um, Navy Federal maybe is offering, mm -hmm. which is kind of strange. I don't love those, but because um, that's not a grant is the thing. Like the grants and stuff like that, I'm fine with. But if it's a bank that's offering 100% financing, you're starting to get into some tricky territory there yep you know but i see like no reos and seen hardly any foreclosures or short sales on the market still see some fannie mae and hud stuff every now and then but it's thin man and those are selling you know 20 percent over what their list prices are so i think we're in good shape overall i think we'll keep a healthy market and not be too worried about any kind of big crash i wonder and i'm i wonder if because of the amount of wholesalers there are out there and people are getting a hold of these people ahead of time if that's part of a factor too of less foreclosures and short sales which you know which is a good thing these yeah. people aren't having their credit room they're able to sell their home hopefully mm -hmm. for a reasonable value that they're happy with that's a good point um, I know this you can talk all day long on gentrification the pros and cons uh, but at the end of the day if someone can't keep up the maintenance on their house 
and they're either going to lose it to foreclosure or their roof's going to come in because they can't do the maintenance or they yeah. can walk away with some money. Um, at least, you know, maybe that's helping people. So their credit doesn't get ruined. They could buy the home, another home again in the future mm -hmm. and they can get, you know, get on their feet. That's probably true. I, I don't think there were as many people um, assigning and wholesaling when we had the crash. There was no reason to. You just didn't have to do it. You could buy something and just turn around and sell it for way more than what you paid for it. So mm -hmm. I don't think people had to get quite as crafty and these, I mean, we see it all the time. There's a shitload of wholesalers in Charleston. Oh, yeah. And the amount of letters that go out is just astounding. Like, you know, I get stuff to my personal residence that should have never made it to me. So people are really casting a wide net trying to get things. So I think they probably are keeping the motivated sellers from losing their properties, which is good and bad. Um, you know, it, it can be tricky because if these wholesalers are getting a hold of them, as an investor, they might be assigning them for too much. So it's making what was a good deal marginal. Um, but it is good, I think, financially on a national scale for there not to be as many foreclosures. Yeah. So that's good. And I think overall, like I said, you know, someone who doesn't have to go to a foreclosure, just that process alone, mm -hmm. I can't imagine how they feel, mm -hmm. you know, inside and personally. Like it just trains you. So if they're able to get out of it without having to get to that level. Yeah. And it's what's best for them. Mm -hmm. It's... You know, no, but I just thought maybe that's that's probably one of the reasons why you don't yeah. see quite as many um, foreclosures. That's a great, great point. Yeah, but, I didn't um, think about that. Okay, well, we'll move on a little bit. We got some um, topics we're going to talk about today. It's going to be kind of a light one, so just uh, hang tight and have fun with us. So Dan's beautiful wife, Lisa, is going to be kind of expanding her work and her business pretty soon. Um, do you want to plug her and see if there's anybody out there that wants to hire her? Yeah, we have a, my wife has a company called Beyond Trending. Uh, she has a contract right now, ends at the end of December. She's going to completely go out on her own um, 100% come the new year. She is going to be helping Maven mm -hmm. with our, our PR and marketing, uh, as well as myself. And she has another company that she's working with um, currently to help them expand their business. And basically her role is, she, she's amazing on all fronts. Uh, she's been in PR for about seven years. She's done B2B, B2C, which means business to business, business to consumer. Um, she's an excellent writer. She knows how to get media attention and she could really take someone's business to the next level. That's really what she's there for. So if you have any interest, if you're at a certain level with your business and you really want to get to that next level, give me a call and I'll be happy to um, connect you with Lisa to see if it's a right fit for you. That's awesome. Yeah, and she's, I mean, done, when we started the podcast, she got us put in the business journal, like, right away, mm -hmm. and she's got clients in really significant publications, so. She's done Fox News, CNN, mm -hmm. um, she's helped people get certain awards, um, she's, she, like I said, she does it in different ways, depending on what's best for you and, and what your goals are, so it's kind of varies for mm -hmm. the industry. She's done everything from tech to real estate to automotive mm -hmm. to food to, I mean, she can any any sort of business doesn't yeah. have to be real estate related. Yeah, she's sharp. She's a lot of fun too. And I think that what a lot of people don't realize about marketing and PR is they they are really different. So marketing normally you're gonna have to pay for mm -hmm. to reach a really broad audience. But then if you have somebody that knows their way around PR, there's a lot of free or cheap ways that a PR person can get you into publications and get you more exposure. Mm -hmm. And that also adds a lot of credibility. So if you're getting put in these magazines and newspapers and stuff like that, whether they're local, regional, national, 
it usually doesn't really cost you anything other than what you got to pay your PR person. Yeah, which it, is fair. it depends on what type of publication and what you're going after. But yeah, there, there's ways she could fit any budget. Yeah. So if you, you know, if you have a tight budget and you only can afford, you know, a couple hours a week, it could still be very valuable because yeah. she'll help you focus on okay, what are your goals, and then she'll tell you where she thinks your money is best spent. And that's, she'll, and that's a good thing about Lisa. She'll be honest with you. She, mm-hmm. she has a client that she's like, listen, PR really isn't for you. You need to put your money into marketing. Yeah. Marketing makes more sense for you right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's worth that chat because you never know that that little bit of money spent up front can really get you to that next level and, yeah. and have high returns. Yeah, and I mean, having a good marketing person is, if you're doing a lot of marketing, really crucial. Like we just, I just terminated a contract, not even a contract, but like a service agreement for with a, a social media ad company out of New York who was supposed to run some Facebook ads for us and get us like 100 qualified buyer leads a month. And I paid them a stupid amount of money. And then I also had to pay for the ad generation to myself. And what was supposed to be 100 leads a month, I think we got 10 leads in two weeks. And only one of them even got back to us. And they said, my plans have changed. So they were not qualified. And a lot of the contact info we got was garbage. I usually don't do stuff like that. But I wanted to give it a shot because these guys seemed like they had a lot of really good reviews. I think these were companies that were able to um, already had a huge marketing budget. And I've never wanted a big marketing budget. I like being small and scrappy and not having that much overhead. Um, But it was just worthless. And the ads they were running were like the worst generic Facebook ads. Like I wasn't even proud. Every time I'd see them, I'd cringe because I don't really want to be that company. That yeah, runs that generic. I remember seeing those ads. I'm like, we could do this ourselves yeah. and do a better job. On Such it. a know, better job. It didn't make any sense. Yeah. So what we're gonna do, and and Lisa will help us, is to do our own just quality content. We're already doing this, um, so we'll do videos and updates and stuff like that. And as we do that, we'll just boost it and promote them, mm-hmm. um, which is so much better than just a generic landing page, you know, with like two little forms that you fill out. So if you see some stuff from us in the future on the internet. Um, hopefully it will be good quality content. So if you see anything on Facebook that's like a video that we do or you know something we write up that's informational, give us some feedback on it. Let us know if you think it's good. Um, if the quality of it needs tuned or anything like that, let us know and we can try to tighten it up. Yeah, Just don't post that on Facebook, only good things on Facebook <laughs> yeah. and all the other stuff. Yeah. Just call us. Uh-huh. Yeah, just <laughs> shoot us a text message and let us know. Um, so that's awesome. I'm excited for you guys. Um, so the next thing that is is really exciting, uh, really exciting that I've been kind of busting my ass on because Lisa was only kind of exciting. Yeah, this part's really exciting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's exciting for me you because this has been a, a, something I've been trying to figure out for a long time. But we just moved into a new office because um, previously we were just a cloud brokerage, which there's nothing wrong with doing that. The bulk of our business as agents is out in the field, anyways. But um, just to sort of like legitimize things and really more for investors sake, we have moved into a new space where we can be a lot more collaborative. So um, Ashley Price that I think a lot of our listeners are going to know, she was a guest a couple episodes ago. She's a property manager. She got um, a really cool property on Spruill, which is right around the corner from my house and it's kind of in the path of development, lots of cool stuff going on over here. Um, But we're subletting a room, one of the larger rooms over here. there's a train going by too. I don't know if anyone can hear that. But um, 
It's a, it's a great space, and we're going to be a lot more organized. I think we're going to be much more efficient and tact. Um, we're going to have a deal board in here, so um, I think we'll be able to serve our investor clients much better. Our, our retail clients, too, obviously, but um, the investor clients, I think this is where we're really going to be able to help them more. Because there's going to be a handful of us, like half our agents are going to be in here almost every day being cooperative, sharing deals, sharing insights and tips and stuff like that. So um, the doors will be open most of the time. If any of our listeners want to come by and just shoot the breeze, um, feel free to come by. The address is 4440 Spruill. Right next to the junction. Yeah, right next to Junction. Um, I think it's going to be really good for us. Even yesterday, when we, you know, we met a lender in here yesterday to talk about collaborating with him. Um, it was me, Dan, Russ, and the lender um and then ashley was next door working on some stuff and at the end of that conversation she came over and we talked about sba loans and like equipment and things like that all, all sorts of different things so it's just cool that we can bounce all these ideas back and forth um, we also have one room still available over here um it's a smaller room i think it's probably like 12 by 12 or something like that mm -hmm. and we're really hoping to get someone in here that um, is complimentary for the stuff that both of us are doing. We don't necessarily want to have a competitor in the business, in the room, in the same building as us, but um, you know, we're talking to lenders and my CPA came by a couple days ago, maybe an insurance, insurance. Yep, yeah. insurance companies. Um, anybody who would want to, you know, be next door to a brokerage that's growing and a property management company that's growing, so. And you can even do a general contractor that's a little bit smaller, just yeah. needs office space mm -hmm. yeah, and has is. his, you know, the, the, or his or her area where they store all their equipment and materials, yeah. but they just want a little office space to be able to come to. So yeah. there's a lot of opportunity there, but someone that kind of intertwines with our industry mm -hmm. would be nice to have. Um, as Troy mentioned, we talked to a lender yesterday and the reason why we talked to the specific one, they can do regular loans for our retail clients, but we also have the ability to do some other types of loans that people need, including a fix and flip loan mm -hmm. and a, uh, a buy and hold loan that you can keep your property in LLC. And as long as you have a lease in place, you don't have to wait either six or 12 months, which are some of the seasoning um, guidelines for these other types of loans through banks. Yeah. So um, I think there'll be some good benefits to our clients, especially now that a lot of our clients are burned. Yeah. Uh, I am doing one right now. I think you're doing yeah. one. And then we have several clients that are yeah yeah so that's really what we wanted to kind of focus on with him yesterday was um just the logistics of the loans he has if they can help people burr yeah. so if any of the listeners out there are trying to burr which i bet a lot of you are um or if you are currently burring um let us know and we can hook y'all up with this lender it's pretty interesting um no seasoning like dan said so the main thing is just having a uh a lease in place. Mm -hmm. There is a prepayment on it once you refinance into his loan, but it's a good loan. I mean, yeah, it depends on what you want. You do a five, seven, or 10 year, uh, it's over 30, so it is amortized over 30, and they're all interest only, mm -hmm. which, you know, that's up to you on how you feel. Some people want to keep the rest of the cash in their pocket, some people still want to pay down the principal, which I'm sure is fine. As Troy mentioned, there is a prepayment penalty, but even the points on it, I want to say it was one point, a $1,600 fee, uh, loan origination fee. Yeah. And other than that, I think the 10 year over 30 was 6.75%, which mm -hmm. isn't bad. I got a seven over 20 on one of my other properties and that's at six and a half percent. Yeah, I mean, if you're trying to burr a lot, if you don't have um, a really strong W-2 history, mm -hmm. you're gonna have a difficult time getting a lot of financing. Exactly. Especially yeah. that quickly, because everything, if you do one, you know, cl close a new burr today, 
you got your new fixed loan on that and then you're trying to burn another one in a week, you're going to have all these credit hits. Like, it, you know, it's going to be an issue. Your DTI is going to go up significantly. So the... And these are statement loans. Yeah. Make it a little easier. Yeah, yeah. Statement only. So no income, verif no, you know, tax verification. Mm -hmm. But um, if you're trying to just grow your portfolio really quickly, you kind of got to be forgiving on the type of financing you're getting. So figure out how many you want, what kind of cash flow you want, focus on getting that built. And then after that, you can start consolidating your debt mm -hmm. afterward, uh, you know, because while products like this exist, I'd say to take advantage of them because they're not going to be around forever. And even 6.75%, you're talking with a little bit of points on that. At the end of the day, if you're, you just run it, you run your uh, scenario with these numbers and make sure it still works for you after you butter yep. it. And bottom line, as long as you're making good cash, cash on cash good, it's better than not doing something or waiting six months yeah. to do something that's maybe Franny or Freddie backed. Mm -hmm. and, and who's to say... You know, interest may be a little better, but you don't know those terms at that point. Right. And they're going to cap you too. Yep. So if you get that exactly. conventional stuff, like if you're trying to get, I don't know, even if you're being fairly conservative and trying to get like four burrs in a year, next year, the end of the year, you're going to be almost to your cap on Fannie and Freddie's. Yep. So I don't know if they've changed it recently, but the old rule. still 10. I think it's 10 for Freddie. And my, I think it's maybe, it used to be four for Fannie, but I think it's like eight maybe now for Fannie. They change it every couple of years. Yeah. Really what it boils down to is just a, a debt sort of um, thermometer. <laughs> so as long as you're not carrying too much debt, they'll continue to do it for you. But um, you're going to cap on those if you're doing this really aggressively. You're going to tap out your conventional financing. And the other, the other part with that is if you want to keep an LLC, some people do an LLC for every property i don't particularly do that i don't want you know hopefully we grow our portfolio to 20 units i don't mm -hmm. want 20 k1s and have to worry about all the tax returns for your property but anyway a lot of people have an llc and if you're going to do that um you, you you're not going to be able to do a fanny or freddie you could you could quick claim it back in but they could call the note technically mm -hmm. probably won't but you know there's just there's a lot of different ways to do it and I just think this is a good option for people who want to keep it as an LLC. Don't it's okay if they pay a little bit higher interest rate and want to do probably anything over two burrs a year. Yeah, you're gonna need some unique financing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. And that that particular one too with the interest only, I would imagine you might be able to overpay to try to maybe take the principal down a little bit. Yeah, that's but one be, thing that we're looking into. But, yeah. but um, I, I would be shocked if you could. You just couldn't prepay it. Yeah, I would see. It had, like if you did the 10 year, I think it was five, four, three, two, one in those yep. years, um, prepayment penalties. Yeah. Uh, so you could prepay, you'd have a penalty. Yeah, yeah. yeah you could. And, and it might be worth it to do that. Yeah. It all depends on the situation. So um, yeah, so the office is exciting. We're actually doing the podcast in here today. We still don't have the internet, we're waiting for the internet to come be set up. So we're on a hot spot, but um, I'm really happy with it. Um, and you know, that can bring us to our next point is we are trying to grow. So we're bringing in new agents. Um, we had new, one new agent come in yesterday, um, which is pretty cool. We, we lost one agent, which was a bummer. I won't mention who he was, but he's a good dude. Yeah. Good dude. Good friend. Um, we wish him well. Yeah. yeah. And he didn't leave for any reason that, you know, nothing that we did. He just wanted to kind of consolidate some stuff and make some changes. Um, still work with him a lot. Um, Hopefully he'll end up coming back to us. I wouldn't be surprised. We'll I'm still waiting on a referral <laughs> check to come from the company he went to. And it's been like almost three weeks now. And I think, it, you know, that that's why he had left that company to begin with was just the, um, the bureaucracy. The yeah, the red tape. So I think it's pretty evident, again, how long it's taking. Uh, but, you know, we're, we're really primarily 
interested in agents that are investors or like to help investors. Um, it's a lot of admin for me to keep up with everything that's going on. So I kind of prefer our investor agents because they tend sometimes to have a little bit more experience because they're doing their own thing. So they kind of understand the inside of a deal too, not just the, the broker side. Um, but it's also just a mentality that I like to work with. It's just people hustling a little bit more. They're usually more business focused rather than like paycheck focused. Cause a lot of the retail agents are just trying to get the biggest sales they can just to make that big check. And I kind of like that the investors focus on building a business, you know, which is a lot more fun to me. Um, we can also see a home sometimes differently and everybody has their own skill set, and there's not this, this, this good and bad in any industry on, on what type of um, agent you use or what type of company you use, whatever the case is. But having that investor-focused mind helps give you plan B. So even with mm -hmm. your retail clients, it's, hey, worst comes to worst. Or maybe a retail client kind of wants to grow their portfolio slowly, but it's for now they're just buying this house. It's good to know that, hey, you could rent this out and cover your mortgage if yeah. you ever want to do that and then move on to the next one at this mm -hmm. point. Or... Just being able to, we have a lot of people in here that fix and flips homes yep. or, or my background is a lot on property management. So I understand insurance, financials, and uh, the makeup of a building. And that can help out a lot. I mean, obviously you're going to have your home inspections, but you're going to have a realtor not only just do a CMA on comps, but you're also going to be able to really see the future of that house. Like, you're, you know, if you need a, a roof sometime soon or just there may be something that's just kind of unique to that community that they the investor knows because they've flipped the home in the community mm -hmm. or they, whatever the case is it's just a little bit of a different eye mm -hmm. that um i feel that's why i like the investor yeah. side of things plus it's fun like you know building a portfolio trying to build passive yeah. income and, and and wealth for the I future yeah. i think too that it's a more sophisticated eye like probably half our business is normal traditional retail sales they're great they're fun we all love helping people get into houses they love that they want to live in um but you know that it almost makes those sales easier being an investor focused mm -hmm. agent too because then you're dealing with just like the, the stuff that feels good you're not as focused on like evicting a tenant or any of that like nasty stuff that you got to deal with when you're dealing with the investment side so you know when you're helping someone on a traditional sale and you're an investor or an investor agent, you can help them more with like the taxes too. Like what's your insurance going to look like? Most of us have more construction experience. So we're going to be able to give them a better idea of what the bathroom is going to cost if they want to gut it. Um, so, you know, any of the listeners out there don't think we only want to help you with your investment properties. We're more than happy to help you with the retail stuff too. Um, and like Dan said, we can sometimes see the trends coming. So we'll be able to give you a better general idea of what appreciation looks like and things like that, just because that's what we have to do all the time with our flips and comping things is not a problem for us. A lot of other people might have a harder time comping out a neighborhood or a property because they don't have to do it 10 times a day. Um, but we have to comp constantly if we're doing any kind of rental. I mean, we're looking for our own stuff. We got to figure out you know, talking about burrs, what should we buy it for now? What's the construction going to cost to get it retail ready? What's the ARV? What are my market rents? And all that stuff takes a pretty tremendous amount of data that we got to deal with. Got to look at debt service coverage ratios, mm -hmm. all that type of stuff. Same thing with a flip. Um, we're looking at the ARV, make sure that, you know, the comps are there and that the client's going to have a pretty good investment.
Well, and that burr is so important because it's not even just, as, as Troy mentioned, not even just that ARV. When If you get your rental comps wrong on that back end of what yeah. you think you can get, that could really affect whether or not it's cash flowing or, mm -hmm. or super tight. Um, you know, and there's certain neighborhoods right now that are great to burn. There are other ones that have kind of tapped out and you're probably going to, you might, you know, maybe you can make a hundred bucks a month, but those numbers could get pretty tight. Yeah. And I think that, you know, a good example of that will be Leyland soon, mm -hmm. you know, we're seeing, yeah, <laughs> I know. It's, it's awesome. It's blown up, but you know, a little pro tip, look on the other side of Dorchester too, yep. because Dorchester Terrace has not kind of sped up the way that Wayland has and they're, and all for all intents and purposes, they're basically the same neighborhood, which is just, you know, categorized differently in the tax record. But, um, We've just seen Wayland kind of blow up, and Dan's doing one over there right mm -hmm. now. I mean, the values are there. If you get a good deal on the buy, then you can burn those. Mm -hmm. And they're really strong rental properties. I mean, people really want to live in there. Tenants tend to stay for a long time. Um, it's a cute little neighborhood, it, so it really is. Yeah. The homes are usually 800 to, for the most part, you may get 1200 mm -hmm. or so. I think the one that Patrick has in there is the biggest one he has a four two by the way he's going to be renting that out a four two i don't i don't know the exact rent that's going to be on that but it's i think it's the only or one of the only four twos in that neighborhood yeah. close by um you know it's hard to come by and that might be 1300 square feet 12 something 13. it's a pretty big home new roof new hvac it's updated on the inside it's gonna be really nice that should be for rent in the next couple of weeks so if you have someone looking for a four bed rental you can get a hold of me i'll help you out um yeah. but yeah just uh um, that just that neighborhood itself, it's, it's just really cute homes and the perfect size home because your yeah. electric bill should be too high, your heat mm -hmm. should be too high. You're talking, you know, a thousand square foot home. Yep. Yeah. And they're cool. They're built well. Cool looking. They're cool. old stick built houses yep. and they're all different. You yep. know, I mean, they're, they'll have some similarities, but there's a lot more character. Those neighborhoods were um, primarily for Navy base folks. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Um, yeah. So the, the fabric of those neighborhoods has changed like tremendously. Um, the One of mine, I own a 4-2 in Dorchester Terrace and when I started, it was a Fannie Mae foreclosure when I bought it. It needed a lot of work and I was like posting pictures and stuff when I was working on it. And somebody reached out to me that I'd never met on Instagram. He was like, that was my grandparents' house. That's they, cool. Yeah, they were Navy and they were like original owners in that house. And then when the Navy base shut down the neighborhood, it was just like a vacuum. Everybody just took off. So it, it changed a lot. Um, and he actually happens to be like a vice president of a big bank in town or something like that. So that's been really cool. Um, to I still keep up with him a little bit. Now that it's a rental, I don't talk to him as much. But um, those are great neighborhoods over there. Mm -hmm. you know? and, 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 and they're popping up. There's pockets as you go up the neck. Um, like we, we've talked about this a little bit. Chicora um, is a good area as well, but Wayland Dorchester has a little bit more land with the homes, mm -hmm. which which helps it out a little bit, especially for like families wanting a you know backyard for the kitchen yeah. plane and everything. It's so a more livable neighborhood. It is. You got yeah. more space, so if you got pets or anything like that. Um but Chicora, Cherokee, Union Heights, I love those neighborhoods. I'm really interested to see what happens in them with the opportunity zones being there. Yeah. So, you know, I know that we're pushing pretty hard um you know, politically for more affordable housing in the area. And I think that might be, that's a prime area, I think, to see it. Because there's a lot of, there can be a lot of infill building there. Because um, there's a lot of weird little lots, but I think the city's being pretty forgiving on their setback regulations and stuff over there. So you could build a fair size house, probably like we were talking about yesterday, we spoke to Russ about some um, little cottages that are like 1,200 square feet, you know, and you could make them two stories if you had to, to fit them on there. 
Um, but being that they're in opportunity zones, I think you know if you can find the right pool of people that would go in together and build those. I think you'd be in good shape. And I think that you might be able to offer like the Palmetto grants and things like that on them too, the, the first time homebuyer credits. So it'd be nice if uh, start allowing, I say tiny homes, but that's going at square feet or smaller. Mm -hmm. So maybe between the tiny home and the cottage, yeah. you know, that seven to 900 mm -hmm. square foot home would really be perfect. I do know, I met with Charleston County a couple of weeks ago and they're actually rolling out tiny home. Um, regulations in their building code oh wow because it's hard to meet the current building code standards because it's built smaller you don't meet the you know the requirements for measurements yeah on like stairs or or um you know outlets uh, yeah yeah um or the regular doors to get a bathroom <coughs> which are the case because it's more campers size yeah. than, than a regular home so they are rolling i know charleston county is going to be at least that's what they said rolling out some building codes for more of a tiny home but i mean that's if you really want to get into affordable housing that's where you go you can yeah. have one of those for probably make it for, I've looked online, 40 grand. I mean, mm -hmm. by the time you put it on a piece of land and everything, but, and you sell it, you could probably be like 100, 120 and yeah. still make a little bit of money. Yeah, that's And it could help someone live there that can't afford a, an expensive home. Yeah, and it would be cheaper than rent. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so that's why so, so many people really are- looking to allow yeah, that. Yeah, they ought to. That's why so many people are living in vans and conversions and stuff, young people. Um, and then they're leaving too. So they're getting these vehicles and they're going and working satellite, which is great that you can do that now. But we're losing a lot of our young people here and a lot of our young creatives. Our artistic community has shrunk in Charleston um, just because it's so expensive. Mm -hmm. So a lot of my friends from college left. They said, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pay $2,000 for like a two bedroom house on the peninsula, then I may as well go to New York or Austin or LA where there's more of a market for what they're doing. So pretty much all my friends from college that were artists have left. Yeah, because you're right. Your rents are similar. Still not quite those areas, especially New York. However, you got millions of people in New York mm -hmm. who have, what, one million, in the, not even one million for the entire yeah. Tri-County? Like 700 something. 700 something. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, yeah, there's a big difference in the audience that mm -hmm. you're pitching to for that difference in rents. Yeah. Yeah. So, cool. Well, let's go down um, one more on the... We got a couple more things we'll talk about real quick. We're doing good on time. We're actually filling in more than I thought we would. Um the podcast so we like i said earlier we're trying to sort of space out our guest um our, our guest quotient um so we're trying to have like our real big experienced folks come in um every few episodes we don't want to overload um that and then be scrambling for content because we're both really busy um so it's kind of it's kind of a tax sometimes to even sit down to do the podcast we love doing it but it's just really hard when we've got like inspections popping up and weird stuff like that coming up. So um, we're going to try to be a little bit more um, disciplined on when we release. It's bi-monthly, so we let that give us a little bit of flexibility. Um, but now that we have our office and we're gonna be in here all together more frequently, I think we can be a little bit more disciplined with getting it out. Um, we're also trying to uh, kind of clean up the audio and stuff like that. Like, it's a very local podcast um, and we're not, probably really going to try to get any type of sponsorship or anything like that on here so i just don't want to spend a ton of money on it when we're not really generating any revenue just from the podcast um, and i also want it to be very transparent and real content too so um, you could sit in here and have the same conversation with us so i don't want it to be ridiculously overproduced um, and hopefully the content is good hopefully y'all find it valuable 
Um, that's also why I wanna obviously keep it free. I don't wanna ever charge for this. Um, so, but we would ask that you guys give us some feedback. Um, you know, any topics you would like to hear more about, just shoot us an email or post on the Facebook page. We have a Maven Realty Presents, the Charleston Real Estate Investors Podcast Facebook page. Um, so That's post a mouthful, there. Right there. It is a mouthful. <laughs> it's, it, you know, we wanted to just to, to make it obvious that it's our company that's doing this. Mm -hmm. um, but then as far as just SEO goes, I wanted you to be able to see in the title what the hell the thing is, you know, mm -hmm. not make, it's cool having a name like Bigger Pockets. But that's a national, really international brand. And we're doing this just really for the Charleston area. So I wanted it to be very clear and concise who we are and where we serve, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so please give us some feedback and uh, some suggestions on stuff you'd like to hear about. Because then I can kind of cultivate um, our guest list a little bit better. I mean, we've got a year's worth of guests that do all sorts of different things. It's just tapping them and getting them in. It's hard to coordinate both of our schedules and someone who's also busy as a guest. Um, but I think our next guest is going to be Danny Randazzo. I need to talk to him again about it, but he's ready to come whenever, which will be really cool to talk about syndicating. Dan's doing some syndications with him right now. Um, my CPA uh, is really focused on real estate entrepreneurs. He wants to come in soon. Um, I need to get Kelly and Dusty in here. Uh, trying to spread them out a little bit too. Um, we're gonna get a lender in here to talk lenders. a little bit about lending. Yeah, mm -hmm. they want to come in. We'll get some and sort of. A, I think Jeffrey Stas we can get in sometime to yep. talk about construction. Yep. Um, he said he was interested. Yeah, mm -hmm. talked to him the other day. He's interested, which that'd be cool. We haven't really had the construction um, viewpoint on this stuff yet, but um, you know, we're gonna continue doing it. I mean, it's been fun for us. We learn something almost every time. Um, you know, we're trying to make the quality as good as we can without you know going crazy. Because, like I said, we're just, we don't make money off of it. You know, we get clients and things, which is fantastic, but we don't have any kind of ad revenue. I don't necessarily want it. I don't think it's necessary. Yeah, this is more towards just trying to inform people how the market's going, what are some of the updates on the trends, yeah. what we have for listings coming mm -hmm. up. And then hopefully, as, as Troy said, it's just an informative podcast. That's why we want your your feedback. You yeah. know, maybe there's something out there that, you know, we, we keep our ear to the ground. We talk to a lot of investors, but there may be something specific that you think may be beneficial, especially as we start going into uh, maybe some shifts and changes. We may talk to someone who's gone through investing into a recession before in the past, because yep. it may not happen next year. It could be another year or two out. We don't know, but you know, there's ups and downs in the market. So there's a lot of different topics that mm -hmm. we're happy to go through and that's a great bring special guests on. Yeah, because yeah. I've got a handful of friends that are older that went through that and they'd be happy to talk about it. So yeah, ways to just, kind of avoid. Yeah, there's just little mistakes. pockets like mm -hmm. that that we just don't think about until it comes up. So if there's stuff that anybody would be interested in hearing about, I guarantee I can find somebody to come in and talk about it that has experience with it. So, you know, and also be forgiving with us because this is free content yeah. that we put out regularly. So hopefully we're louder today though. Yeah. Because we, we do know. Be thanks for that feedback from yeah. people. This <laughs> mic is about... I don't know, 12 inches away from my face. Yeah, exactly. I'm I very I'm close to loud. Troy right now. This yeah. is uncomfortable. I know that I'm <laughs> not the loudest guy too, so um, hopefully the, the audio quality will be better now that we're in here. So um, there's one more item on here, but I can talk about it later. We can talk about it down in the interesting things. Um, you know, yeah, let's just move on. You, you want to go some eco-tip? Yeah, let's do eco-tips. 
All right, so the eco tip, this is kind of an eco slash maintenance item and I ran into this at my rental property. I have um, the AC filters about 12 feet high, mm. so it's hard to change the filter and I just had to pay to have the coil and everything cleaned out, which wasn't too bad and the company that did it, Stanley's Heating and Air, mm. did a wonderful job. I'll do a little plug for them. Um, Mike there was really great, did a great job, fair price and got right out there when he said he would. Um, so it's just to remember to clean your filters and get your HVAC service. It's probably better to do a couple times a year, do it in the fall and in the spring to get it ready to go, but at least once a year. You want to service it because the last thing you want to do is have Freon issues mm -hmm. or have some something that you could have cleaned out and now you're replacing your HVAC instead of um, instead of uh, just a quick repair or clean. And that's also going to help it run more efficiently, which gets to the eco point of if it runs more efficiently, it's going to save some energy. Yeah, totally. It also, this is another tip. Cause I just did this yesterday. If you have a house you've bought maybe as an investment or something that's been vacant for a while, when you flip that heat over, hang in there, you know, hang out in the house for a minute and make sure that there's not a bunch of lint or debris or anything in there that's going to burn off. Cause I flipped the heat on in a uh, Somerville flip of mine that's under contract and it, all the smoke detectors went off. Mm -hmm. It stunk. Like it burned everything off and I was afraid the house was on fire for a minute. I had to go up in the attic and check on everything. So if you're going to flip that heat on, um, don't flip it and leave. Like flip it and wait, you know, maybe 10 or 15 minutes. Just make sure that the place isn't going to burn down. That's a good point of, that's why you should have it done in the fall. If you're even going to do it once a year, the fall is probably a good time because you're changing it over to that heat. Yeah. You got the, you know, I, I still think it should be serviced both because you got the heat then and then you could get it all ready for the summertime because the last thing you want is your HVAC going out. On, you know, middle of July at 105 degree day. Because yeah, that's when it goes out. It's all Murphy's Always. Law. I just yeah. had to replace our furnace at home the other day. It was 4500 bucks, and the unit was only 12 years old. We have a unit that's like 25 years old, too. That's the one I wanted to replace, but of course it was not the one that died. Yeah. So somehow our old one just turned into a rust bucket. It was ridiculous. And it was probably blowing carbon um, monoxide into the house and gas into the house because it was so rusted it was just like there were holes everywhere in the heat exchanger and the blower housing it was crazy so i was glad to replace it but my wallet wasn't so, um <laughs> and then we have some things going on around charleston you know everybody knows november and december great months if you like to go out and do some festive items um i always plug the county parks because a i volunteer for them because I, I think it's just a great organization they they have a lot of different festivals events but they also do things like adapted surfing um you know special needs prom they do a lot of things that help the community as a whole in all areas mount pleasant isle of palms folly beach james island john's island up in north charleston somerville great organization and you should go to their website to check what they have going on they have a lot of things but the holiday festival of lights start november 15th i think they do their their run slash walk, the holiday run walk is the 12th and 13th, couple of days. They're already sold out, so it doesn't matter at this point. But then the holiday festival lights, which is really cool just to drive around with the family um, and take a look at that. Um, another good thing, this my wife, almost called a fiance, my <laughs> wife used to work at a local PR company, good company on Daniel Island. And the owner of that company, I believe, don't go me, I'm pretty sure she started the Charleston Basket Brigade. Cool which is a really good um, charity in which does help those in need for Thanksgiving. You could do anything from just helping pack lunches, um, you know, the Thanksgiving meals to delivering it to the people or just being, uh, there's a lot of different volunteer opportunities to the Charleston Basket Brigade. So I would suggest just Googling Charleston Basket Brigade, 
Um, I'm going to try to help out. I just filled out the volunteer Monday because we leave Tuesday to head out for Thanksgiving, but I want to try to pack some of the boxes. Like I said, I, I remember last year I was driving with someone. We delivered a meal, and this lady just gave us a big hug, mm. almost in tears. It made her, it made her um, Thanksgiving. So it's a, I, I definitely, if it's not that, maybe low country food bank. There's mm -hmm. a lot of good ones. I get a little tear from that. <laughs> Talking about the story before, but... Um, then there's some other good things going on. Lights of Magnolia. I didn't do that last year. That starts November 15th, I think through January. And who doesn't like the run on Thanksgiving? There's a turkey run in Wobble 5K in Marion Square on November 28th. I wish I could do that, but like yeah. I said, I won't be here. And then Holiday Market at Middleton Plantation, November 29th and 30th. Uh, a lot of local vendors there, so you can get some holiday gifts from your local um, local people, which I always like to support. Yeah, that's awesome. And there's a lot more going on. You can check it out on... You know, Facebook or, or just Google what's going on around Charleston during the yeah. holidays, but those are some good things. There's so much going on. Mm -hmm. We're going to, um, my wife and I, Rachel, are going to a Tony Robbins event tomorrow morning. Our flight's ridiculously early. Um, so that's a three, that's Unleash the Power Within. It's a four day event, I think. Um, long days. I get so anxious. I'm a little nervous about sitting in there from like eight in the morning to 11 PM, but, um, I'm excited about it. I've always been a little skeptical of Tony Robbins. I'm just cynical, but, uh, I think you, you know, if you're really serious about growing a business and trying to be a better, more impactful person, I think if you get the opportunity, you should try to do something like this with Tony. Um, I'll report back after we do it, but I mean, his, Reviews are pretty overwhelming, um, and I've spoken to a lot of people that have done them before, and they've said that they're it's invaluable. Um, so it is expensive, and he only does these different events. He'll do each one of these maybe twice a year, um, so it's a little difficult to get, um, you know, all your logistical stuff taken care of on it. Um, Dana's just taking a selfie that we'll we'll post later. Um, <laughs> so I'll report back when we get home. Um, we'll be back Monday. And then the last item that I was going to mention a little while ago, and I kind of wanted to hold off on it, is um, we have a new operation that we're setting up. Um, it'll be Maven partnering with Clear Vision Coaching, which is um, Russ Scheider, Kelly Garrett, and Dusty Keefe's coaching program. Um, it's it's going to be similar to ARIA. We don't want it to be ARIA. We want it to be a slightly more contemporary model where it's going to be a, an ongoing monthly sort of mini seminar with um, just speakers from different parts of the industry. Sometimes we'll be local, sometimes it'll just be maybe a couple of us that are you know, the, the founders putting it on um, that'll speak about different things. And then sometimes we're gonna have big national speakers coming. Kelly and Dusty both are good friends with a lot of these big time speakers that have been around forever. So we're gonna try to bring them as frequently as we can. Um, it's called REI Central. You can go to the website. I finally got that finished the other day. It's rei-central.com. Um, we are going to just sell tickets for it. So we're not going to make people do any sort of membership. We're not going to collect dues. If you're out of town that month, that's fine. You're not going to waste money on it. Um, so I think they're going to be either $20 or $25 um, at the door, or you can buy them online ahead of time. We're also going to do like a yearly ticket sale if you want to that's a better deal i think it's a hundred bucks for entry for the whole year um so it's not quite a do but we just wanted to give people an opportunity to save some money there too um so we're really excited about it you know we're trying to keep it free we're trying to keep it kind of or not free but very low um price we're trying to keep it kind of an open platform so you can come and we're going to have a few sponsors there that are service providers like an attorney lender insurance companies 
Um, so you can build your teams and you can talk to a different attorney. If you don't love your attorney, you can talk to some of the people we use that we can vouch for. So you can chat with them. Um, and then we're also going to have probably like a little bookstore. Um, get a lot of questions on what books people should read, what information they should try to gather. So we're going to have a little booth with just some of the standards. Um, if you want to grab a book, um, we'll do the speakers. So we're going to try to keep it pretty contained, but maybe like 45 minutes to an hour of speaking. Um, but all sorts of different items with investing and just business in general. Um, and then following that, we're going to try to have like a 30, 45 minute kind of networking opportunity for people. And we're trying to be really smart about it up front. So if you go to the site, again, that's rei-central.com, you can put your info into the um, form submission. And when you buy your tickets, we want you to um, distinguish yourself. So tell us what sort of role you have in investing. If you're a flipper, an agent, a wholesaler, buy and hold, whatever it is, you can be a combination of those things, but we want to color code your name tag. So we're going to give you a color for the things that you do. So at these events, if you are looking for deals, you can look for whatever, the blue sticker, that's a wholesaler. Go over there and give them your information, they'll put you on their buyer's list. If you're looking for a private lender, if you need capital really bad, look for the person with the red sticker. Go talk to them. I mean, we're all gonna, the, the point is for all of us to do business together. And we have all these different disjointed little meetings that we do, so we're gonna try to sort of consolidate them all into one place. Um, I think the first one is going to be sometime in January. We're still working on getting um, some of this stuff set up on the back end, like the incorporating it, getting the, the bank account set up so we can get all that stuff done. Um, but sometime in January, we'll have that going. And I think we're going to do the first few, at least here at our office. We have a big uh, flex space. And then once we outgrow that, we'll move it to um, a new location. Sounds like a, almost like an REI meets a BMI. Like you got yep. all these good, important people in the same room. Yep. Um, you know, without the strict, you can only have one realtor. You know, yeah. It, it, whatever. You, if you're just interested in investing, no matter what facet you do, whether you are a realtor or not, that's perfectly fine. Yep. Correct. Like Absolutely. it doesn't matter. It's no. It's all to help benefit each other. We're all here to add value to. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, there's plenty of business and plenty of money to go around mm -hmm. to work together. Yeah, that's a big, you know, there's no scarcity really. Um, and we just want quality people, regardless mm -hmm. of what it is you do. We want like people that want to collaborate, people that aren't going to try to cut anyone else out of a deal. We're going to really try to limit the exposure of anybody that we might think to be predatory. Mm -hmm. We're not going to let people do that stuff. Um, and we're going to try not to be too pitchy, obviously. I mean, there are two companies that are putting these things on. Maven, you know, we'd like to help any of you with your agency needs. And then Clear Vision is a coaching program. Um, but they're not going to spend a half hour every time trying to hammer these, you know, different packages down your throat. They're just, they're there. You know what they do. They're going to explain their services. But that'll probably be five minutes or less. Um, mm -hmm. And that's just so you know who does what with them. And if you want coaching, you can have it. If not... No big deal. Or yeah, it seems like it's more focused on learning than pitching business. Again, like you said, there are different businesses there. and Everybody at the end of the day, yeah. you're there to help each other out mm -hmm. um, and, and maybe build your business. But it's to add value, which yeah. is the important thing. And that's I think that's pretty amazing because you go to – I've been to quite a few, and that's great. I mean, people do it for different reasons, and I respect anybody who's hustling and putting on you know different style events. But anytime you go to something that really adds value and you're learning something, I mean, I just – I appreciate that. Yeah, me too. Uh, and we want it to be a place where there's deals. I mean, we're all hoping that there, there's a lot of people doing a lot of deals that we don't even know. 
So if we can bring all that stuff into one place, we're all going to benefit from that. You know, it'll it'll be great for all of us. And we have to charge something because we're, you know, we have to pay for all these marketing materials, um, name tags. We probably are going to get a sort of part-time employee to help us with the administration because none of us really have time to do it. Um, and then like beverages and things like that. Um, so we have to charge something so that we can cover all that stuff, but we're trying to keep it as cheap as possible. Yeah. So um, that's it for that. And, you know, I think that's going to be really cool and really exciting once we get it, you know, going. So Just keep an eye on Facebook. We'll probably mention it more and more on the podcast. Yep. Keep an eye on Facebook. I know it's going to be advertised through there. And yep. For sure. We already have, I think, a Facebook group set up for it too. So go ahead and hop on there. Okay. Um, but that's it for today. So we, um, you know, appreciate y'all tuning in. I think our next guest will be Danny. So it'll be um, way more, you know, focused on one part of investing, but um, you, know, you can reach out to us anytime you want, uh, mavenrealtysc.com. Let us know if there's other topics you wanna to talk about, if you have any feedback for us, we'd love to answer some questions. But um, we appreciate you guys and y'all have a good day. Have a good day. Thanks again for listening to Maven Realty Presents, the Charleston Real Estate Investors Podcast. We'll be back soon with another episode. Please subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. If you need anything at all, please feel free to reach out to us at mavenrealtysc.com, Facebook, or Instagram. Have a great day, and remember to believe in yourself and keep grinding.